play some malice because that gave that classic i'm not saying he's a clown but dave chappelle sticks and stones stand up clown you call him chappelle the clown i can't believe you i I, I can't believe this you can you know you can log off now we don't gotta continue (laughs) rip on chappelle you know it's an analogy Hello, everyone. Welcome to 1000 Crazy Questions, the podcast. I'm your currently sane host, Houston Pierce. And this is a podcast where we have at least one guest a week and has them a series of crazy, which rather questions. We get to decide if we guess explore topics and questions that maybe shouldn't have been explored. I take my question from the listener from the list of 1000 questions. You can submit questions, suggestions at me at 1kcrazyquestions at gmail.com or at 1000 crazy questions on Instagram. That's 1000 on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter at 1k Houston Pierce. Your social media username will get a shout out if it makes the episode and you submit something like that. Uh, please rate and follow 1000 crazy questions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, and all those other sites. Podchaser specifically, I'll mention at the end of the episode, it's just a great place to rate podcasts. And that was the intro as fast as I can get rid of it. Let's get into the episode this week. Today, we have uh, Don Brightman. I think I said his last name right. Yeah. And he's the enigmatic, inspirational leader. Dom, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, you know, a little bit to listeners where you are, where you're coming from, what you do for fun and professionally. Sure thing, man. Thanks so much for having me on, Houston, my man, all the way from Texas, not Texas, man. My name's Dominic Dom Brightman. Thanks a bunch for the introduction. It's a rare occasion where someone says enigmatic, so it's like, yeah, I'm like TNA Jeff Hardy from 2010, baby. And as for me, myself, Dominic Dom Brightman, hail from the land of charm, crime and crab cakes, Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a fan of public speaking and on a deeper level, self-leadership, as well as podcasting, book writing, aka creating your own piece of immortality and helping others to unlock their inner value because we all have value within ourselves that we just need to have unlocked from time to time we just need to have that lid lifted up so that way the steam of our greatness can really exude from that metaphorical part of our lives to really become the best versions of ourselves possible neck even a fun fact about me i'm a bit of a gamer i'm a fan of japanese rpg games persona 5 is probably my favorite right now as i'm going back in time with that and that's just a short little Add on to the short intro from a man, the Mighty H. <laughs> the Mighty H. Snap. You come up with these fast, man. That's pretty good. And I don't know if I can be able to keep up with you, honestly. I'm just going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. If like to break this metaphorical, like, you know, inspiration you're talking about. This is, uh, <laughs> is it, this is interesting. I like this. It's off the bat interesting. So what is, what's in Maryland, by the way? I'm not sure. I, I don't know too much about the, the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's all good. Yeah. So Maryland, the wonderful state of Maryland. We have this wonderful city called Baltimore that folks sometimes occasionally think is the capital of Maryland. And even though it's not, I'm kind of happy that happens because, you know, Baltimore is a fabulous city. Of course, as with all cities, there's parts of it you want to avoid, parts of it you want to stay close and nearby to. And of course, you can have your downsides to every city. But, you know, things are we have a wonderful place called the Inner Harbor. Um, we do serve up some great crab cakes. I forgot the place. It's this wonderful place that serves crab pretzels. I think it's the Windsor Inn where it's like crab, crab meat in the shape of an actual big pretzel, like one of those Auntie Anne pretzels you get at the mall if you're Whoa. an Auntie Anne person. But instead of it being an actual actual pretzel, it's like a pretzel made out of crab meat. It tastes so Whoa. freaking good. Like Old Bay seasoning, heck, even 
historical places like the I believe it's the Black and Wax Museum. We still have that around. Of course, you got a couple of museums around. We are also home to the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best teams in all of the NFL. Since we actually have two Super Bowl trophies, baby, that's freaking amazing, baby. Looking to get our third in the near future. If things go well, if we get to keep our quarterback healthy and our team healthy. And also, there's just so much in that city. It's one of those small, it's one of those young, small historical cities where mm. A lot of stuff goes on in there. Like it's it's home to culture too. We have Artscape every year, of course, except the Grim Reaper year of 2020. <laughs> every August, every year. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's there's culture. There's fun. Even though some people you may want to avoid, it's like, hey, you can walk down the street and there'll be someone you meet every now and then who probably say hi to you, and you might make a friend as opposed to some other places where it's like, hey, what the hell are you doing here? Get the fudge out of here so so yeah yeah so yes yeah that's awesome man sounds friendly like straight up that was a really good uh wow what's the word was the word advertisement (laughs) of uh, the city man like i gotta tell you that was pretty good yeah and even though i got i guess i gotta clarify this uh, confession time even though my name is houston i currently live in colorado so let me (laughs) I'll, i'll say that sorry to I guess I don't know if I the broken illusion for anyone. <laughs> I was born in Houston, but yeah. So just just to put that out there, Colorado's all right. People are still friendly too. It's not that southern hospitality you get, but you know the still friendliness is still there. All right, Dom. Let, okay, let's let's get into this game. Let me explain the rules for the people who uh, you know don't know yet. There are two rules to this game slash conversation. Rule number one: you must always answer the question, no matter what. If you have no preference towards one or the other, you say the phrase "flip the coin," meaning that each choice is 50-50 to you, and that one is neither worse or better than the other. But that rarely happens, so it may not get used. Rule number two: whoever asks the question doesn't have to answer it if they choose not to. These rules exist because as the questions become harder to answer. The rules become harder to follow. This week we got a blue band episode, so the questions asked, topics discussed will be family friendly. If you want to check out the red version of this podcast where the questions are a little more raunchy and it's still less essential, they're just as ridiculous. I encourage you to go check them out and they're there for you if you're that type of person. But yeah, this is one that you could turn on with your grandma still in the room and I don't know, just listen. <laughs> You can, hear, you can hear this one at work, you know, it, it should be okay. And uh, Dom, just want to remind you of any different questions from me or any various questions I just asked you. This is a conversational podcast, so just let me know. There's no just things interrupting in here. We're going to disclaimer to listeners. Everything is hypothetical. It just is. I said that every week, but it is true. Sorry if I offended you. Did not mean to, but there is nothing I can do about it. Except for, I don't know, maybe ignore or respond to whatever at me you give me, <laughs> which uh, I don't know. I don't know if I will or not. It depends how nice you add me. But uh, <laughs> Dom, is there anything that you like to ask or declare before we start? Are there any inherent mental biases you know you may have? Uh, nothing to know of, man. Let's just have fun and jump into it. All right. Let's go with me. Here we go. Question number one. Would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to yell? And definitely only be able to whisper, man, especially in the Yin Yang Twins back in 2005, man. The Whisper Song, man, for those who remember that one. Oh, wait, I forgot. This is the family family friendly one. Um, But yeah, definitely (laughs) able to whisper, though, because when you whisper, people have to actually lean in a bit. Now, granted, this is bad for social distancing, but people got to lean in a bit and really hear what you're saying. And then I'll still have to be careful of the words I speak, because even if I whisper, it's like, all right, 
not related to the freaking mic here. And I got to say a real important message. And you got to realize that you got to check out the Goa North podcast. And subscribe to all 5,000 episodes of it. After listening to 1,000 episodes of Crazy 1,000 Questions. It's like you got to really just lean in and really listen more into what people are saying. As opposed to yelling, I couldn't sneak around. I had to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. But, but whispering though honestly they'd get annoying that would get very annoying man like i'm just saying like just only doing this that's terrible (laughs) i think i think i've actually asked this question before now i didn't really recognize this until i'm saying it out loud but yeah but i think that's question before and think the person i was with like they said uh what'd they say i know i don't know someone who's listening would be like they said this but i don't remember it was it was um it was recordings ago But this this question is funny, so I thought I'd ask it again. Yeah, but I think they both have their drawbacks because whispering is annoying. That's the main word that comes to me when it's, you know someone's whispering at me. You know, like if you want to get someone's attention, you'd be like, "Hey, hey, don't do that." You know, what if what do you have to be assertive? What are you gonna be like? Hey, that's 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 my wife. Don't don't talk to her that way. I'm just saying. How do you? What do you do in those situations, man? Well, then again, in that situation, if they don't take it seriously, you just have to, you know, give them the beat down and, you know, fight dirt if you have to, you know, just give them the beat down. Be like, hey, I thought, like, I just imagine that the darn fight movie where everybody's whispering. That could be like a good comedy movie where everybody's forced to whisper, like the town of Whisper. And then the only, like, you know, a bit better yet, Whisper City, where the only music they listen to is the songs from the Whispers that R&B from the 60s. <laughs> and the beat goes on and then be like man and then every time a fight happens they play and the beat goes on and everybody's getting a beat down and there's like no yelling like in those asia kung fu flip flicks it's like everybody's whispering because i'd be probably entertaining it's like yeah the town where nobody yells everybody whispers and they listen to the whispers over and over again and if there's a fight that happens they play and the beat goes on yeah that would be hilarious yeah true it, it kind of reminds me of the quiet place minus the beat goes on the libraries will be on fleek too <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna go to the next one that one's i think that one's wrapped up like 100 nicely right there so <laughs> would you rather uh be right about everything or be the best at whatever you do Man, I would be the best at everything I do. Like, why would I need to be right unless I'm in a freaking debate? Like, forget that. I'd rather be the best in the world at what I do. Like, heck, that reminds me of the classic 2008 Chris Jericho when he would come out to the ring and be like, I'm the best in the world at what I do. Heck, even like CM Punk in like 2010, 2011, having the back of a T-shirt, I'm the best in the world. And then I would actually be the best in the world like my goodness being the best at persuasion sales marketing the best at podcasting like being the best in the world at everything like that means i would know how to stay on top it will be i will basically be like the new england patriots for the first half of the freaking decade <laughs> except in everything like it, it'd be freaking amazing like i I, right. I wouldn't even need to stalk people for their game footage <laughs> But you know what? But you know what, though? I think you're missing this part. It's like being right about everything sort of implies that you know everything. Because, I mean, if you could walk into, like, I don't know, uh, a room where they're trying to solve a, like, a, a mathematical formula and be like, oh, I know the answer. The answer is X equals Zeta times five or something, you know. And, like, it was like, it was going to say, what? And then you're right. 
Like you just write about everything. So it means that you know kind of everything. You could do rocket science, you know political answers. Like you just write about everything. It implies that you know, like you can walk up to a person, right? Let's say, you know, you like, you know, you like to inspire people. You walk up to them and you know exactly what's wrong. You know exactly what they want to hear because you're always right. Is that no pool? Because you can solve a lot of issues by just, you know, coming in with the right answer 100% of the time. Ah, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. There we go. Didn't even consider that part of it. But then, then again, just... I guess the <laughs> best of the world part, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. That's actually a good point. Didn't even think about that one. Does it, it's freaking does it, good right there. Does it sway you a little bit? Because like, I don't know. This guy's kind of, this is kind of my job. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is to sell the answer that you've overlooked, you know? <laughs> Hey, I'll take it. And that's the good thing about conversation yeah. like these. You get to see a whole different perspective. You get into like a whole other dimension that you haven't even considered. And then it's like, oh, wow. Now the mind's expanded. And it's like, wow, I can't go back to the same small limits of thinking. Yeah, so that's the point. That's that's the hope is that, you know, just stretches some some brain muscles, I guess, you know, imagination. Yeah, but this one's honestly a win-win. And if I had to pick one, I think. I think I choose, I, th- I agree with you. I think I choose the best whatever you do. Because being right, it would be boring for me. You know, like if I'm always right. Even though you probably have a thousand benefits, uh, I think it's better to be the best at what I do. Also, uh, probably more profitable to be the best at whatever I do too. At least more easily profitable than being right would be. But yeah, it, honestly, win-win. So if I got stuck with the other, I'm okay with it. Cool. Wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm already right like 50% of the time. So, nah, that's too high. 20%. I, I don't even Come know. Man, put the weed back on it. Go for 50%. <laughs> Let's say that. I got a coin flips chance of being right. <laughs> about anything. Uh, this one isn't what you have. This one is just a flat question. Are we more driven, you know, as people by emotion or instinct? What do you think? And also, what is the difference between the two? Ah, wow, that's a darn good one. So I'd say we're definitely driven by emotion because we're emotional creatures. Like when it comes to a lot of things that we buy, like a lot of things we do, it depends on emotion we buy based on emotion. And with the thing about instinct, we act on instinct. Sometimes that's if we have them, because there's also the survival instinct as well, because that instinct is kind of like a muscle that you really have to develop, like survival instinct. Like folks, when we were back in the caveman days, we had to develop that and be hunter-gatherers, like hunt for our food. You can't just go to a grocery store. Like in the words of Grant Cardone, it's not like back in the caveman days, like, oh, shoot, the bear almost ate my ass. <laughs> it's like nowadays, <laughs> it's like... You can just go to the grocery store and survival instinct isn't required as much as opposed with emotion nowadays where really like Amazon, a lot of folks be like, oh, man, I need to do some emotional spending here. How do I feel better? Add to cart. And then metaphorically, like a meme online I saw the other day, it's like, no, that is not how you deal with your bad emotions by adding it to the cart. No, don't do it. Don't emotionally spend. So when it comes to. The things that we buy, the things we do is based on emotion. Like, hey, we heck, even with the classic Tony Robbins, like, hey, we usually do things to either have more pleasure in our lives or to avoid pain. And we want to avoid pain. That's a feeling. And if, if something hurts really bad enough, we're definitely going to do something to get out of that emotional state to be in a more pleasurable state or at least avoiding 
pain altogether. And with instinct, that's something you have to develop. We all have our natural instincts, especially as a younger child in the baby form, where it's especially the spiritual aspect, where sometimes you may have had an imaginary friend, like those may list may have had an imaginary friend, but that may have could have been your guiding guardian angel, like your helper guide angel, as opposed to just a so-called imaginary friend that could have, because the thing is like, there's thought out there and a belief out there that we come and we're reincarnated into this world with our complete past life, completely erased from our memory. And of course there's parts of the world where you may have an opportunity to maybe have a glimpse of maybe one of your past lives or whatever, but just the fact that you come into this place with a new complete clean slate in a different body, different environment and the other thing, too, about instinct is that your environment also will determine your level of instincts that you develop, because being in a concrete jungle is different from being in an actual jungle. An actual jungle, you have to watch out for the animals, it's like a bunch of insects always fighting you, especially like and not just mosquitoes. You could probably there's probably like literal dragonflies, like literal fire breathing insects out there, metaphorically speaking, that could kill you. And snakes and whatnot, as opposed to concrete jungle, you have metaphorical snakes of conniving people, folks who may be a little more street smarts than you or less street smarts than you that can be easily take advantage of and have to watch out for those who may try to sell you some crap or some folks who drug dealers or someone who might try to get you into like maybe like a gang or the mafia or whatever especially if they see you as an easy target where you may be in a state where you feel like you don't belong so that's the thing like we i'd say we're more emotional creatures that really focus on avoiding as much pain as possible and trying to get as much pleasure within reason as possible, as opposed to instinct. That's something you have to develop like a muscle and we were just having to work on that. Dang. That was a good analysis. That was really good. It's a really good breakdown. Well, I did. I don't know though about the, about developing instinct. I think instinct is, uh, I think it's genetic, you know, you know, like, I think that I don't know if you have to develop it. I think it's more of a, you know, you're born with it. You know, like the fight or flight thing, you know, no one taught oh, you yeah, how to that's... freeze. No one taught you how to run. You just either do one of the two, you know. I, th- I, th- I don't think it's, I think it's developed by maybe, you know, your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors, but I don't think it's developed by you. Like, there's no way to train your instincts, you know? Like, your instinct is your instinct. So that's the only thing I would, like, argue with you on, but everything else, yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and honestly, you know, I have no, I have no answer to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you gave a good one for him, man that's right man thanks man yeah uh we're just moving on we're we're killing these man we're just we're blowing past would you rather uh be a clown 24 7 you know being a clown is your job or uh marry a mime and you cannot divorce this person you must be faithful Man, that's right. Because moms don't speak, right? No, and this is she's a really good mime. She's she's very good at it. Hmm. Man, that's a hard one because it's like if I piss her off, she'll put me in an actual box. She's very good. (laughs) She's gonna convince you that box is there. Like that's how good she is. It'd be like electrified box. She'll be afraid to touch it because how good she is at it. Yeah, I'd marry a mom. That'll be interesting. It'll make for some great <laughs> stories. <laughs> like, I ain't going to be no clown 24-7, especially the classic clown with the makeup and whatnot and the clown shoes and crap, like creeping out kids. Like, nah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be no clown. <laughs> clowns, clowns give people joy. Like, <laughs> the, the fact that clowns are still around means that someone enjoys them. 
someone, someone out there is enjoys clowns. You don't think that's something you could get into at all? No, man, I'll, I'll do that without with the clown stuff. Now, granted, I mean, if we're going to go deeper into it, like the classic court jester in like a kingdom or something, I mean, that's like a 24 seven clown. I mean, because that was the most powerful position at one point, because it's kind of like the modern comedian of today, especially those unapologetic comedians who don't let soft people try to stop them from just saying what they have to say, as long as it's not truly from a place of malice, because Heck, even class, like that classic. I'm not saying he's a clown, but Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones, stand up clown. Give, give you, you call him yeah. Chappelle the clown. I can't not, believe you. I, 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 <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't believe this. You can, you know, you can log off now. We don't got to continue. <laughs> you know, rip on Chappelle. You know, it's an analogy. <laughs> yeah, man, continue. Just like... Continue. <laughs> <laughs> He does do a lot of make makeup stuff, though. He does do a lot of clownish things, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, just as a metaphor, as the court jester sort of thing, not the mm-hmm. actual makeup sort of thing. Because one thing I'm glad that he does and still, still is able to do is the fact that he didn't really bow down and put on the dress, especially for a lot of black males. It's like it seems like those in Hollywood, you have to put on a dress before they let you go any further down the road as opposed to Chappelle where he didn't do all that crazy crap. And he basically was his own guy and said no to millions of extra dollars from a company just to keep his sanity only to come back a few years later, dominate the game with multiple contracts from Netflix. And then not only that also fight with the power of the people to be able to get some of his stuff. I think it was on the Chappelle show, I believe I believe they took his like the two season, three seasons from a show and they were like streaming it somewhere on, I think it was like Comedy Central or whatever. And the thing was like back in like 2005, we didn't have all these millions of streaming options because Wi-Fi wasn't as powerful as ready available. We didn't have smartphones as powerful as they are now back then. So mm-hmm. being able to fight to keep your money and be able to protect your stuff like that and still being alive to still tell the tale like that and have the fan base that's with you because he speaks the truth. He stands for the truth and he's unapologetic about it. That's really a testament. So from the deeper example of being a clown, quote unquote, air quotes here for the audio version only folks mm-hmm. to being the powerful role of the metaphorical chord gesture in the kingdom of the US of A, just telling the king metaphorically <laughs> what they may need to hear and just entertain the people through what we already know. Cause that's another thing about humor. Another part about humor is just acknowledging the elephant in the room. It's so big. You don't, you can't ignore it. Or sometimes the mouse <laughs> in the house, because sometimes it may be so quiet as a mouse yet. We all know it's there. If it's a dirty house, metaphorically speaking. So yeah. Yeah. I still marry mom though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All, all that stuff, all that championing the clown thing, just like, oh, yeah, but I married a mime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <Yeah. laughs> I, oh, here, here, here's something for you, though. Like, what if you get paid well? What if you get, like, you know, salary? How about that? You know, like, what if you get paid well? Uh, uh, maybe. Health yeah. insurance, dental. Hmm? And I kind of got that now, though. That's like, thing. It's like, uh, I think I'll be all right. All right, fine. <laughs> If your pride is more important <laughs> to you, <All> right. 
God. <laughs> it's like, honey, put these people in the box. <laughs> they are like, evil. <laughs> wait, you brought up a point. Like, uh, what about like you know communication uh, with your mime wife? You know, I think communication and money, but mostly communication. Like one of the, like those are the biggest reasons people get divorces and have problems with relationship in the first place. So how is this going to go down? You know, with your wife, are you going to learn sign language? Or like, you know, how's this like? She can't talk to you, you know, like she's she's a mime. He's gonna just do he's gonna muscle through it. Yeah, man. That's right, man. Go muscle through it, make myself a better communicator in the process. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, if two deaf people can get together, I'm sure one person who's and that's the thing, a mom, even though they really can't talk, there might be a possibility that she can't talk and just does that as, as a profession. So it's like, hey. The communication could still happen. We can make it work. I mean, if the connection's there, then the magic will happen. All right. It'll make me a better communicator in the process. And plus, there'll probably be more great stories to share down the road, too. It's like, yeah, man, I got this mom, man. Like, it's crazy, man. She'd be like, you can't go on the couch. We'll put you in a box, man, when you, when you, you piss me off. <laughs> man. <laughs> well, she'll, get you out, she'll, like, get you off the couch with, like, that rope, that invisible rope. Just get off. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, I got I got the next one for you. This one's an open-ended question as well. Uh, why give advice and uh, why lead? You know, what does what does it mean to you? And why why is that something that people do? Ah, uh, yes. Why well, give advice? Uh, kind of leads back to why stories exist and why we've learned a lot, especially in the earlier days through story, is the fact that advice is what keeps us alive. It's like, hey, don't put your hand on that stove, and out of nowhere. Out of curiosity and just youthful stupidity and a sense of invincibility. It's like, oh, yeah, put me on the stove. It's like, ouch. All right. And you'd be like, I told you not to put your hand on the stove. And it's like the reason to give advice is to basically make someone else's long road, long way your shortcut. Because that's kind of like the reason why we're having this conversation now is because through the power of books and through the power of reading, great material and learning through podcasts and things like that. It helped me to find a shortcut to something that would have taken me decades upon decades to act upon. And it really would have made my learning curve a lot slower. It's kind of like this classic quote from John Maxwell was that experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated and examined experience is the best teacher because you can experience things all day, but if you don't actually sit down, reflect and see what you got out of it, if you didn't turn your L into a lesson, and you didn't find out what other L's people took and how they turned those L's into lessons, then you'll basically be going around life with the classic, just going off of, I guess, kind of like back to another question off of instincts. You may have developed a game from past generations that may not always pay off in certain situations, taking a slow road as opposed to someone's advice will be the proper shortcut and not just a shortcut. Cause you know, there's shortcuts out there all the time where it's like, Oh yeah. If I win the lottery, I think I'll be straight and only be broke three years later, as opposed to becoming a millionaire, building up over time will be a lot more profitable because you built the skills along the way. You built the stories along the way. You were able to get the experience along the way. And if you were to lose all that money, you'd be able to get it back, maybe even twice as much, because that's really one of the best things about being a genuine millionaire who didn't come to money quick because as they say easy come easy go if it was hard to come by 
and you were able to build up the tenacity, the confidence, the metaphorical muscles, and all the mind, body, and spirit to get to that level, and you lose it all, you can say, hey, like, dang, why did I lose all this? And then you can put yourself right back up in that position. Because a lot of folks who became millionaires, multimillionaires, now billionaires, they were broke at one point, and quite a few of them lost their wealth, and they were able to get it back. So that's the thing. So that's why we give advice and why leading like heck even it goes to another classic uh <laughs> book title by grant cardone seller be sold rather selling someone on our ideas or buying into someone else's ideas we're being sold on ideas you're either leading or following someone who's leading the way they had to be a follower at one point and if you're leading the way you had to be a good follower at one point because to be a good leader you have to be a good follower because how are you going to be a good leader if you weren't a good follower because the thing about karma, there is good karma, there is bad karma. Karma exists. So it's going to come right back at you. <laughs> Heck, even happened in my personal life. I got a new job, got promoted two years ago and kind of ghosted a certain group where I had a certain position. And it involved me working separate hours on separate days when the meetings were taking place. And then when it was my time to get promoted in another organization, one of my direct reports ghosted on me and they weren't to be found. So karma found its way back to me because at the same time, even though I was a good follower up to that point, karma remembered and it followed itself right back to me. So that's why we follow advice. And that's why we should lead and also be a good follower as well. We have to remember to do all that. Not just a good follower on Twitter, by the way, just being a good follower of folks who actually have a good message and they live a life that's good enough to actually convey the fact that they're not perfect per se in air quotes, but that they're actually going in the right direction, their heart's in the right place, their mind's in the right place, and they actually do things for their community and come from a place of service as a place of self-service. Okay. 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 I picked that up. Yeah. Um, Question though, what do you think about, you know, like some people who just, you know, will give their, I don't want to say their two cents, but you know, just give advice just like willy nilly, you know, like you, you met someone for two seconds, you know, like, in like, you just give advice, even though you don't know anything about them sort of, I think if there's a term it's like called uh armchair or. Oh five, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the armchair quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Like just someone who just like, like gives you advice not even knowing you know if you like if that's your shortcoming or even you know even having good life experience themselves you know just someone who's just giving advice just to like like i'm you know they they are they may mean well but you know like someone's is just like really nearly like like uh like for instance telling like someone's like oh don't watch out for those for that salt you won't put too much salt on your chicken now because that that'll hurt you and like they're talking like uh-huh and then they're really talking to a vegan but they know nothing about that person <laughs> because like you know people just like give advice just like you know like that old man mentality of just oh don't don't be doing this you know even though they know nothing about the situation like, what do you think about that yeah and i'm guessing that's probably why you added the second piece of that question about leadership because the thing is Another thing about giving advice and receiving advice, being a good follower, being a good leader is the fact that you have to know where they're coming from. You have to actually assess the situation where you're at. Of course, we got the armchair quarterbacks on Monday morning like, man, why did they lose that game? Why did they throw that pick? And it's like on TV, it's easy. You can see the whole darn field as opposed to the player. They can't see the whole entire field. They especially from a quarterback position, you have to be able to think in multiple ways and make a split second decision. 
and you may not be on a team where you're lucky enough to have those offensive linemen basically blocking people in your path to give you those extra seconds you need to make the proper decision to make that throw or in some cases like Lamar Jackson to make the proper run and clear the field so that way you can get as close to the touchdown in this game of human chess so with that bit like this question can go even deeper with that part it's like yeah it's great to give advice but also know who you're giving the advice to and knowing if it's coming from a place of service or just folks who like to hear themselves talk. We've got a lot of that too, especially with social media. And it even reminds me of Mike Tyson, where he mentioned, <laughs> I'll just paraphrase where the reason why we got so much people on social media making stupid noise on the internet is because they haven't been punched in the face enough. And that's so darn true. Like we didn't, <laughs> that's the reason why a lot of folks may feel more comfortable saying things online nowadays, as opposed to face to face, because they know that someone's okay. metaphorical war, warrior spirit or whatever, <laughs> or they'll have the intimidating presence. They wouldn't say that to the person's face, <laughs> but they'll oh, say yeah. it thousands of miles away on social media. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. That the first that quote took me off, like, what? Okay, but yeah, yeah, I got, okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, no, that makes, <laughs> yeah, everyone's you know, everyone's strong behind their computer, yeah, or their phone. Yep, <laughs> the keyboard warriors, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's it's a generational thing, you know. I think, I think we'll get over that eventually as social media becomes more part of culture, which I think is kind of here to stay for good or worse. But I think as generations go by, we'll get more, we'll get better at it. We kind of have to, cause it's a little toxic right now. So yeah. Um, people being polite. In fact, you know, like if you see kids too, like not that you should get your kids hooked on social media early. I think you shouldn't at all, but like the more we grow up with technology, the better we're going to be at adapting to it. And granted we're a little behind that curve because technology evolved faster than we could in terms of like we were, we used to be people, very well, sticks and clubs, and then we got guns and knives, and now we have nukes and phones. Like, you know, it's like we, <laughs> we got uh, technology evolved faster than our brains could because, like, we evolve slow. People evolve, and we evolve very slow. So we're just not, you know, I, I don't think we know what to do yet. Our, our brains know entirely how to process this level of openness on social media and uh, freedom of speech, and so which is good, but, you know, like, that's it's it's a it's a double-edged sword and one edge may be sharper than the other edge in, in the social media's case but the longer we keep living if we you know make it far enough i think it'll become enough of our society we'll be able to handle it this power that we have right now granted it doesn't get worse but <laughs> yeah yeah if um i don't know TikTok is on the worst side, I think. <laughs> but, um, and that's me. And that's talking. That's coming from someone who actually gets stuck in TikTok. Like, it's a great way to waste time. Like, yeah, I'll lose an hour. <laughs> I will lose an hour to that thing. Like, no lie. That's it's happened. That's like not, not even exaggerated. But yeah, um, let's let's go to. Oh, snap. OK, this next question. I didn't mean to do this, but perfect segue. Uh, would you rather never use another social media site slash app ever again? Or never watch another TV show or movie ever again. Hmm. That's kind of an interesting one. Uh, let's see here. Can I watch certain shows or clips of shows on the social media platforms? Because that is an option nowadays. <laughs> Depending on the page you follow. Like, it's gonna be, I guess, but like you can't. <laughs> mm, 
uh, no, like let's say the most you can do is be like a clip, a clip. Because I know people like will post whole movies on some places, like <laughs> four minute <laughs> yeah. clips. Now that's let's say you, know, you could do that. Like the most you can do is like one clip if someone's posting media like that. Like you can only do like you, your brain can only handle one of them clips, and then you can't. All right. And does YouTube but, count as TV or social media? YouTube counts as social media i'll say so you could still have youtube youtube is because right. social media pile i'll say all right cool so no more tv shows i'll take that one because i don't even watch tv that much anyway like or movies do you watch movies movies every now and then like the thing is like youtube's been the new tv and what i listen to is usually a bunch of podcasts and i got dvds of a lot of old anime from like 2010 and before like some of the older anime, like the Tri-Guns, the Cowboy Bebop, stuff like that. And like TV, I can really, I can can see myself doing without TV in terms of the sense of cable and whatnot. And with social media, like there's, there's a good part of social media too. Like there's even a happy part of Twitter called the writer's community, apparently that a podcast gets shared with me. um, And she was like, Hey, there's a happy part of Twitter. Like, wait, what? Like most people, when they think of Twitter, they call it a giant dumpster fire usually. But really with <laughs> that piece and learning about it, when I used a few hashtags in there, it's like, oh, wow, it's actually pretty good for the most part because they do the things like a writer's lift where it's like, hey, I need like an extra hundred followers to get a thousand. Like, hey, mind following me and I follow you back. Now, granted, that, that doesn't work all the time, but there is always a couple of folks that don't mind chiming in to build each other's twitter profiles up and a lot of news places too like heck even <laughs> one guy in particular <laughs> probably one of the greatest marketers on the planet no matter how, how much you hate him mr dt himself used that oh. heavily until it got taken away from him <laughs> even though it was kind of too late to take it away from him at that point is the fact that that was his main way to communicate with the freaking public so mm-hmm. i'd say yeah I, I, I dropped the tv i mean i'm sure you got something else to add on to that but yep I probably dropped the TV over social media since I use that for just promoting my own stuff and following the places I choose to follow. Mm-hmm. And I avoid as much negativity on the social media as mm-hmm. I can within reason, even mm-hmm. though social media is built off of like, heck, even a book I recommend folks to pick up and read is a book by Nir A.L. And the author's name is spelled N.I.R. Last name E.Y.A.L. It's a book called Hooked, where he actually goes into the deep studies of how these social media platforms now technology is built to really go against our human psychology and why it's built to absorb hours and hours of our time out of the day and steal our attention. So that's another TikTok thing too, to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah t- t- exactly. Yeah. TikTok, the T, the T and TikTok stands for trap. That's what it is. That's why I avoid it. <laughs> and I don't have a plan. I don't have an account on there. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ever need to kill, you know, 30 minutes or whatever, there okay 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 it's better to stay off if you if you're off it's better to stay off but if you did go in it's more or less kind of like you got to know when to jump off you know like i don't it's it's like it's like playing with uh ooh, i don't know how to compare it it's like it's like riding a wave or something like it will it will take you wonder if you don't get off fast enough honestly i think tiktok itself isn't inherently or social media for that matter isn't inherently evil but I think the way we use it and how addictive it could be is terrible. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's this documentary on Netflix called The Social uh, Dilemma, which I saw, ah. which explores that great. 
which you wouldn't be able to see since you cut movies and TV out of your life. But, you know, it, yeah, if you're okay being out of the loop with a lot of, you know, pop culture and society, then I think social media, choosing that is all right. But some people are just, you know, some people like to read more and have newspapers, all that, be more socially aware of what's going on in the world. So honestly, this is, it's very personality based, which one you choose. So yeah, it's fine. And e- cutting either one out of your life is probably, is probably gonna be mentally healthy because some people are crippledly addicted to social media and some people are, well, you could be, yeah, addicted to TV and pop culture, you know, just as bad. So yeah, I think either one of these could be healthy for you or detrimental. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't even really get you on that because this one's very much a personal choice. And you know yeah, what? Man. And the last one, it's a bit like it's the most important question I'm ever going to ask. Then we're here. The last, <laughs> the last question. This one is very personal, very, um, very controversial, very nerve wracking. And I appreciate you being already being courageous enough, you know, for coming on, knowing I was going to ask you this. I appreciate the fact that we're even able to discuss this. But would you rather? Uh, have a giant spider as a pet <laughs> or a giant snake as a pet. Yeah, I appreciate you know being courageous enough to tackle this. <laughs> man, I'm gonna go with a giant snake, man. Cause spiders, man, like dude, it they they just be popping out of nowhere in corners, man. And I could just imagine seeing a this spider a in gi- this is giant a big form one. too, like. <laughs> Like a snake, like it, it's expected. Like I've seen Jake the Snake Roberts and all these other folks with snakes and whatnot. And it's like, okay, that's more top of but a Spider-Man, like the small ones are evil enough. Like a big one too. Like like insects. The only reason insects haven't taken over Earth yet is because they're so dang small, even and that's why it lasted so many darn years. Like they if they were as big as like Godzilla or something, like we'd be dead. Humans be freaking dead. They'd be like, yo, you kill my cousin Vinny, you kill my aunt Maggie. Stepping on him and you spraying his darn raid on him. We're gonna take, we're gonna raid on the raid factories. Essay, we're gonna take over as opposed to a snake. It's like, eh, especially if it's not a venomous snake, too. Like, yeah, what I'll go with the snake. Wait a minute, the embodiment of evil, the shape, <laughs> the freaking <laughs> devil took. You know, if you believe in that, snakes are like, <laughs> snakes are never a good sign. Man, if someone says you're a snake, do you think that's a is that a that's not a compliment, man. That's like that's like being called a rat, you know, like you still slithering with the snakes. Well, snakes eat rats and, you know, black snake moan, you know, it's like, hey, sometimes <laughs> folks like the black mom. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe God. this is a not safe for work episode after all. <laughs> oh, no. If you, if if they know, then they know. There's nothing we can. It's they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> the people can handle like, this. Like if if they don't get it, then nothing is that that go over their head. It's fine. It's cool. Like, <laughs> but just call know, me Randy Orton. <laughs> I'll be a Oh man. <laughs> okay, yo, yo. What was I? I was gonna say something. Uh. <laughs> How are you gonna? Okay, yeah. Let's say, okay, let's say you have the snake. What are you feeding it? You got a giant snake in your in your house. A giant, like this isn't like your python. Like this is bigger than the python. This is like, uh, let's say, like as long as a bus and a half, and it's in is huge and thick. Like this is a big snake, man. This is like it's a giant tube of death in your room. It's like it's your pet, but what are you feeding this thing? Like what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna go to the 
the meat store every day and buy like what i don't know 15 pounds of meat to give this thing like what are you doing i guess i gotta up my side hustle if i got a pet snake that size my god i need like michael jackson never never land or like rick and elvis's graceland to be able to have some copper room because i put that mess in the room somewhere and whatnot so that way you know stay in there or something i'll be like yeah. hey what's up what's up Vipey? how you doing buddy he comes <laughs> out he's like he's as big as your head like yeah starts nuzzling up to you thinking like swallow a human whole but he like hugging it like do you, do you like, i don't know if you got a girlfriend or wife or whatever in your life but are they gonna be cool with that i'm just saying like are your friends oh no they, they, they wouldn't be cool with that man I, 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 there will be some social distancing man <laughs> 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 of course of course i was like just consider it could make make this practical man come on you're living with a pet snake a giant monstrous pet snake are you can you handle that man like over the spider the spider's a little bit smaller because you know spiders are just naturally smaller than snakes but you know it's a giant you know like um you've seen lord of the rings right yeah i've seen clips yeah. of it yeah Okay, you've seen the spider from Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like it's like that, maybe like a little bit smaller, but it's like, you know, man-sized. It's it's person-sized spider. Yeah, but that could spin a web and torture me though. Like, I mean, it's, it's it's your it's your, it's your pet. It's your pet. This thing likes you. Oh, uh, well, for for a for a season, it's it just like a baby tiger. That thing will grow up and then it might eat me <laughs> and be treat, like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> treat your tigers nice." Shaq has a tiger or had a tiger. You saw you saw Tiger King. We all saw you all saw that. Like they'll um, you know, treat them nice. They treat you nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be nice, but you know, <laughs> they gonna sniff that human meat and be like, "This, this smells good." <laughs> And be like, hey, I think I might take a bite out of this. <laughs> with a snake, I, with a snake, I'll get suffocated. With a spider, it's like, oh damn, I'm gonna be in like a wake up one day in like a cocoon or something. Be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Like, oh damn. <laughs> so, wait, so be... <laughs> what you're what you're telling me is that you've picked which way you rather die. <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> i mean with a snake or a spot that's really your choices right if, if there's a way i could like deep venom the damn thing i'd be i probably have a better shot of living but you know right. what if what if what if both of them aren't venomous what if what if both of them don't have venom yeah i probably go with snake you know I'm, I, i'll call myself dom the snake brightman and be like hey jake the snake you want to do a podcast episode man <laughs> we could be the snake brothers we'll be like two live crew snake edition <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. It has a ring to it. Don the snake. <laughs> Don the snake B. All right. <laughs> Yo, we're going to end there. Thank you for being on. <laughs> I this was, is fun, dude. This is good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad we were able to tackle that one. It was weighing heavy on my mind. I was like, is he going to be able to answer this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is he okay? Me bring it up. <laughs> you know <laughs> this heavy of a topic on them i don't know we'll see and um yeah well, thanks for the listeners of a thousand crazy questions the podcast you know for joining me on this one uh, again that one specific site i mentioned earlier is podchaser.com it's pretty much the imbd of podcasts great place to find new ones get hooked on them um if you're gonna rate go to podchaser and rate it. that helps out and i think that's kind of it for today no shouts for now uh yo but dom is there i'd like to handle the spotlight 
you know, over to you? Is there anything that you want to plug or just tell the listeners in general? Nope, sure thing. So thanks for man used to have me on. For those who want to learn more about yours truly and more other super special awesome humans, subscribe to the Going North podcast on DomBrightman.com. That's DomBrightman.com. And hear that podcast, subscribe to it, and be on the lookout if you're looking for your next great book or just to hear an inspirational author sharing his stories and some tips about writing. And you too will create your own piece of immortality one day after listening to some of the authors on the Going North podcast on DomBrightman.com. All right. Sounds solid right there. That was good. Shares with your friends. Shares with your enemies. Don't drive in text unless you really want to. And you know that text is important and you have to look at it and you have to respond because you know if you missed your window to text them back, then they're not going to text you back. You are a bad texter and they know that you're a bad texter. You're trying to pick your reputation up that you can really text them back. But just don't text them anymore because you're driving. Yeah. Everyone stay safe. Goodbye. As always, follow my music producer D800 D-800 at BeatStars or SoundCloud.com.